Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. Welcome, welcome. Glad you're all here listening. Sometimes I like to imagine you're sitting right next to us, just chin in hands, <laughs> listening to us. That's probably my ego more than anything else, but uh, glad you guys are here. I would like to not imagine that because <laughs> it would make me a little nervous. So. <laughs> goes out of his way not to imagine that image. To each his own, I suppose. <laughs> Um, well, glad you are here listening and uh, tuning in, as it were. We are going to jump in, as we always do, with what we've been playing. Um, I've been working uh, my way through, or trying to just here and there, pick apart my list of games I've never played in my collection. And I had a few small ones that I, uh, or a couple small ones that I decided to take a crack at recently with uh, my wife because they can play two players and they actually play well with two players and so that's what i've been playing and uh i have not been playing <laughs> anything since our last podcast unfortunately so i am slacking i've been playing a lot of the same games that uh i had been playing like carpe diem and space base and things like that there's no shame in that at all that's actually probably what we what gamers should be doing is replaying the games that they own. Wow. Well, I am I am <laughs> eager, eager to get in on a bunch more games that uh, I've hit two on my list from the last list we had about games that uh, I own but have not played. Uh, I've hit two of those and I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, yeah, we've been doing pretty good third. actually. I feel like we've both been kind of taking things off slowly but surely. Yeah, slowly but surely. So I'd like to get some more plays. Uh, one of them was Legendary, uh, Marvel Legendary, the... Uh, the deck builder and i've only really gotten the one play in on that but i'm hopefully hoping we can get it to game night it's not very long so yeah i still think about that game i really love that game that game's so fun i was uh imagine if we actually knew what we were doing oh right like really knew possibilities that would open up endless (laughs) just yeah boundless before us doors opening left and right oh i can't wait i'm really excited to play it with four or three either though just to see how it uh changes the feel because it's fun with two for sure but yeah and i think it's gotta it, be super crazy with more i think it plays like five doesn't it oh does it i didn't i, I didn't realize that i don't know i'm i'm assuming because you know what we do here is uh research yeah what? <laughs> we have computers right in front of us don't know how to use them not sure what they're for yeah but you know it's uh they're like little tvs <laughs> we I use them to hold down our papers <laughs> yes that we print out for our directions when we drive somewhere. <laughs> um, we're getting off track here, guys. All right, let me let me jump in. I'll start it off with what I... Um, one of the games that I played uh, is Tiny Epic Kingdoms. Legendary does play up to five, by the way. Oh, nice. Okay, great. Well, actually, that's even better. Um, nice. I have uh, Tiny Epic Quest that I played a long time ago, and I like that game. It's a interesting... Um, it's one of the tiny games that when you take it out, it's actually way bigger than you thought it would be because the board is on excuse me the board is a series of cards that you have to fan out and is um, kind of a table hog not necessarily a bad thing um, if that's okay if you have the space but it is a a tiny epic quest i'm talking about here just to be clear is a more of a you're kind of doing your own thing engine building there's not very much player interaction at all and so i got tiny epic quest in the deal when i bought or i'm sorry tiny epic kingdoms when i bought tiny epic quest and compared between the two tiny epic kingdoms bach art looks very drab it just kind of looks more 
humdrum as a game, and so I haven't played it for a long time just because I don't know. There's just I just was never inspired to take it off the shelf and throw it on the table. But um, but recently, I as we've been playing through the games that we have not played, I've been relooking at it, and the more I was reading about it, the more I was looking at it, the more it just seemed. Uh, I was getting really excited about it because it's actually billed as a 4X game by Scott Alms in uh, a tiny box. And so I was like, huh, how did he do that? Hmm. And it also has it in some, you know, it has obviously with 4X game, it's got some uh, direct player interaction. You have these ways to affect the other player, fight the other player. And a lot of times in small games, that usually means a lot of annoying take that or frustrating yes. mechanisms. Yes. And so. I, you know, I knew this game was well-received and people liked it, so it was really interesting to me how he actually did it. So anyway, I brought the table and my wife and I played it, and we really, really enjoyed it, actually. It does what it does really well. Um, it is basically, you have your, the, the way it works is you have a little uh, large card, size card, with a terrain, there's a terrain on it. It's your little kingdom. It's got a series of little bits of terrain on it that interconnect with each other. And then the other person has one. In a three-player game, there is a dummy player. So there's always at least three kingdoms in the game. And what you're doing is you're just, like a lot of Forex games, you're gathering resources. Um, you are uh, traveling. You're questing. or I'm sorry. You're traveling on your own kingdom. But you can also quest, which is really cool about this game. You can take your meeple and you can put it on someone else's player board. They can basically quest to another kingdom and take up spot in one of their terrain territories and basically suck resources out of their kingdom. And that oh. person has to, like, get them out of there. They've got to battle with them to get them out of there. Um, the battling is all done by uh, allocating two, one of two resources towards the battle secretly. You have a 20-sided uh, die, and you kind of under the table just say allocate resources, and then you both reveal at the same time. And the person with the highest value, of course, assigned... Uh, wins, but you can only assign the value of the resources you have. So you can't go 50 or 20 every time if you don't have 20 resources. And both players have to use the resources that they've allocated to the war, regardless of if they win, which adds a really interesting component to hmm. it. Without that, I feel like it would have fallen flat because you really have to consider... Do I want to win this? Is it better to just avoid this battle and pretend I'm going to allocate resources and force them to allocate resources? Right. And I'll just run away. I don't really care. <laughs> does that does that feel take thatty? It actually or... doesn't. It's I thought it would be, but the more when we played through, what it what it really feels like is a clever way to balance the game because without that, there was Shelly was kind of running away with resources production. Mm -hmm. I started with. Um, because uh, you start with like two little meeples on the board, and then you have to um, grow uh, corn. Basically, you go on a corn-producing terrain and gather resources where each meeple terrain that you have a meeple on will produce one resource of that type. So anyway, you have to get more corn to get more people on the board. And so okay. I went a different route <clears throat> than Shelly did, and so I had much less resources um, I'm sorry, I went that route. Shelly went a different route. I had much less resources, but I had more people. But she was starting to run away, and so I just kind of fought her to force her to allocate some to war. Okay. Knowing that I wouldn't be able to spend much, um, but I needed to keep her in check. And so right. at least that way it worked really well, but she could have also – she also can recognize that and be like, no, I'm not going to allocate anything <laughs> because you don't right. have much to spend here. So. It didn't feel take thatty actually, and I've only played this once, so it could maybe get old with future plays. But I really felt it was quite cleverly 
um, so how used would, as a tool to balance it. How would that work with the dummy third player? Can you just <clears throat> put as many dudes so questing on them as you want? That's what's really interesting. Okay, so on your board, you, you start with, uh, you'll have a couple meeples at the beginning of the game, um, each player. And then whenever you move into the territory that any other meeple is in, a territory, uh, not a kingdom, but a piece of the territory of any kingdom that another meeple is occupying, you immediately start a war. So you guys only start with your two meeples wherever you want them. The dummy player, though, starts with a meeple on every territory terrain in its kingdom. Okay, so you have to start a war you have with to them battle your way to in. open up a spot for you to place a meeple in quest. But here's what's interesting. Um, and in the two-player game, if you have a meeple there, you get two points for your meeple, any, any meeple that's out. But in the Lost Kingdom, which is the third player, you get another point. You basically get two points for every meeple in the Lost Kingdom. So it's really point good for points for getting people there. But here's how it works with the battle. When you put a player in the Lost Kingdom space, the other player allocates their resources to fight you. So they're battling in the, oh. on behalf of the Lost Kingdom. It's like you're, they're their stronger ally, and they're sending resources to the Lost Kingdom to fight you off. So okay. you still have to fight them with resources, but they but anyway it's very interesting huh. and so in our game neither both of us tried several times neither of us got to the lost kingdom <laughs> we just oh. kept battling each other off which was really actually interesting and created a really kind of a fun narrative it was, it was kind of felt like the uh the spartans or one of those um like the tribes of uh the ancient mexican cultures that fought the spaniards forever for some right. reason they were just holed up in their mountain kingdom that was impenetrable <laughs> the world moved on well, without they had, them they had higher ground yeah exactly yeah, yeah. ask uh, ask obi-wan <laughs> that's true yes uh, it's apparently impenetrable <laughs> unstoppable no one's figured out higher ground to this very day yes well that sounds that sounds super fun actually. yeah no it's actually so. i was really surprised i think with a lot of the tiny or not necessarily the tiny epic games because i haven't played all of them but the ones i have played i've been pretty impressed with how well they've been designed but a lot of small games just feel kind of one note and they feel that there's probably not a lot of playthrough, especially if they're trying to capture the feeling of a game like that it just sort of feels like there's probably one mechanism that's clever but you do it again and again and again and they sort of beat it to death over the course of the game you get sick of it i was really impressed with this one that hmm. feel like you have different strategy options there's three resources to pursue they each do different things for you but you can use all of them for, or I'm sorry, you can use two of the main ones for resources for war. One of the other ones is just for creating guys, but each player can choose an identity um, or a, a race of creature to represent them. And so mine were the undead, and I love the undead because every time they go to battle, even if they lose, they get food. So basically they eat oh. all the corpses on the field. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Which is so great. I just it's love that idea. Thematic, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. So I and then Shelley's was the elves, and so if, uh, the forests are the one resources the forest gives you is magic, and then the other resources is brick. So you're trying to the main points are you're trying to up your magic magic track, you're trying to build your castle, and um, you're trying to get meeples on the board. And so um, magic though is the most valuable resources resource, and if for for point allocation. Um, uh, I'm sorry for wars, but uh, once Shelly was the elf, or Shelly was the elf, so once she's in the forest, I can't route her out of the forest. She can just like disappear into the forest. So my oh. goal was to kind of keep her out of my forests and my kingdom. And um, as she increases her magic track, 
she gets more powers, just like every player does, and her powers were all around the forest, so eventually she could, if she was in enough forest, she would get a big point bonus at the end of the game. Okay. Um, so I was trying to stop her from doing that and also keep her out of my forest, because once she's in, I can't get her out. <laughs> so That sounds very big for a tiny It's really epic. interesting. Yeah. yeah, the player powers are small, but they're effective for what they do on the board, and, it, and of course, being a small game, it's pretty quick, and so it feels like you're kind of really getting the story and into the game, and then and then you're done. Which is good. It doesn't overstay its welcome. So, yeah. I would highly recommend this game. And there's a whole bunch of other tiny epics, right? There's like yes. tiny epic galaxies and tiny epic mechs and tiny epic western, yep. tiny epic zombies, tactics. Yeah, yeah. It's the, are those all Scott? Yeah, games? they're all. I believe. I believe the tiny epic games are all under one publisher. Uh, I'm pretty sure Scott Alms. Um, he started in 2015 for the sole purpose of publishing tiny epic games. So it are are they as good as Harbor? They are not. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my theory. <laughs> so my, you're saying they're worse? I think so. No, no I think they're. Uh, I think. Uh, I think they're pretty good. The one he came out with. So this is my theory of this. Is I've gone down the rabbit hole as well, but. In 2015, Harbor came out, and that's the same year that Scott Alms started this company to publish these tiny epic games, and Harbor is a tiny game, and so it's just kind of funny that it's like, why didn't he take that game and make it a tiny epic game instead of giving it to TMG? Because it wasn't a good game. Well, that's my theory. I I think he wasn't satisfied with the design, and he had a contract to fulfill or something, and he was like, here, have this. And Don't get me wrong. There's people who really like Harbor. That's cool. I'm just not one of them. I don't like that game. I find it frustrating. In case you're wondering about Harbor, you can listen to uh, Kaz's other podcast, (laughs) which is uh, Chits and Chat. We do a deep dive of it. Yes, and uh, I, I personally am not a fan. Um, nor at this point do I know anybody who is. Uh, and I know Kaz. So obviously <laughs> you know where he stands. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those games where it's I, kind I of just, a stinker. yeah, I just, I don't, I, I don't get it. it. It, it feels frustrating to me. It's got this fluctuating marketplace that is more of an annoyance than a uh, fun strategy mechanism. And I just can't stand it. But the same year that was published, he started Tiny Epic Games, and I believe Tiny Epic Galaxies. Um, yeah, Galaxy or no, Kingdoms was first actually. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Tiny Epic Kingdoms was the first one. Yeah, oh. Kingdoms, and then the one that I really heard make a, of these games make a big splash was Tiny Epic Galaxies, and that one still holds up as one of the best he's of uh, designs. But they're all actually really well rated and received. So um, some more than others, but definitely there's enough of a variety of themes and uh, mechanisms that you can really have quite a big selection of options on you know what your interests are so yeah. tiny epic max is still because i think it's it just delivered its kickstarter not that long ago so mm-hmm. you still see a lot of pictures of that on like instagram and twitter and stuff so yeah and i i don't know i, I scott alms i'm really fascinated with with i mean it's such a genius idea to take a lot of these fun game concepts that we like and make it um you know, shrink it down and then be more portable because yeah. a lot of us go out and play or play in places that uh, are not a big table necessarily and want a smaller, ex- quicker experience, but still satisfying. That isn't just, you know, not that, nothing wrong with cards, but that isn't just a, a card game. You know, I'm glad um, he didn't put a time on it, like eight minute, whatever, <laughs> because like anyone, I'm not even sure yeah. the guy who invented eight minute empire can play it in eight minutes. No. I mean, that that's, that's, 
yeah, I don't know where the eight minutes came from. It's like he's just big a fan of the abs. Um, <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> like, well, if I it's can a get abs in eight videos. minutes, I can, I can play a game in eight minutes, too. I, I can build an empire. Yeah, why not? So, okay, what's next? All right, um, so the next game I played, and we didn't get a full playthrough of this. We were kind of tired, so we only got about um, halfway through the game, but enough to get a flavor of it, and we're going to play it uh, today, actually. We're going to take it out today, is Innovation. I finally got Innovation oh, played. And it's on my list of games I wanted to, to play that I own. Yeah, I would recommend it. Popping it, uh, pop, it out. <laughs> That's a weird... I'm not I don't think I've ever recommended. Out, I don't think I've ever recommended that to anybody. I'm not sure where that came from. I'm a little groggy today. Um, I would recommend trying it out. It's really, it's it's great. It so my, I had so high hopes, such high hopes for uh, the flow of history. We've talked about this before. Yeah, you were crushed when it wasn't quite the game you had. It envisioned. Yeah, it just it feels like I really wanted to civ building experience, and it's really cool art design. And it, it just—it's a beautiful looking game. It's very simple, but it's beautiful. It's just dry. It's so dry mm-hmm. to me. I, yeah. I just could not get engaged with it. I—I I tried a couple of times. I—I I don't know what it was. It just—I don't know. Didn't work for me. Yeah, I—I I just. Similar and I like Civ games. Yeah. No, I just—I had a similar experience. I—I—I I, I don't dislike the game hard. Like it's not like I wouldn't play it, but it's also a game that was not what I'd hoped it would be. And I think it's the same thing. It's dry, and then it gets extremely dense like like math too mathematically um defined like you feel like yeah there's one wrong choice and one right choice here and i'm not exactly sure what it is because i obviously i can't read the future so it can play out different ways and and i don't know it just felt like there was some math equation that that i was getting harder and more expansive as the game progressed and i had to figure it out and i wasn't figuring it out very well <laughs> that's kind of how i feel about five tribes Oh and really? That, okay. It, that there's, you know, that there is a mathematical perfect move. Sure. Yeah. And you're never gonna make it. Right. Um, but you know, there's somebody that you're playing with who's like, I can't believe they didn't do this better <laughs> move. And so you feel like an idiot the whole time. So you sit there and you stare at it, and you're like, um, um, and then you get AP, and the game just yeah. goes down from there. But um, if you don't mind if people ridicule you behind your back, it's great. <laughs> I um, th- so I th- tell me about innovation. Yeah, it was the innovation. <laughs> just had a little, reflection of like, oh my god, is that happening? I'm sure it is. It's happening to all of us, everybody. If you're wondering if it is, it is. It is. Don't worry about it though. It's part of life. Um, it's the yeah, circle of life. <laughs> it's the circle of life. Um, so it's innov- more like a square, really, or like a weird sort of several sided not <laughs> not evenly it's the three dimensional tetrahedron of life yes yes like the good old days <laughs> so innovation is a more it's it's quick it's satisfying and it feels like there's enough options available that it doesn't feel like you're being restricted you doesn't you don't feel like you're missing out I shouldn't say that because because it's hard choices. You're choosing to lay down cards from your hand, which are technologies, um, uh, against other cards and playing them in different ways. And sometimes you have to prioritize. However, the way the system works is it has this aspect where <clears throat> you you know if a certain color is assigned to a certain technology type. Let's say purple is I don't, can't remember this exactly, but something like knowledge. So let's say it's like, like knowledge. 
And so, you know, of course, each purple you put down, you put it down on top of the other purples. And so that action of that card replaces the action of the previous card. That's very similar to other Civ games. What's cool about this game is it has some cards allow you to do a tuck action, which lets you take that color card and tuck it on the bottom of the deck and then splay them one direction or another, left, right, or up. And splaying them has these symbols that are on each card. It suddenly doubles or gives you one or two extra symbols under that same technology, which tie into not just your actions, but the actions your other player does. So each action is assigned its own little symbol, like a castle, let's say. And if you do a castle symbol, um, which are usually attacks, or a lot of times they're attacks, um, you will lay it down, and then you declare that you're going to do that, but then you look at the other player's board of symbols, and if they have more, I think it's the same or more, not just more, castles than you, they actually do that action first, and then you do your action. So it's this really interesting thing of tracking what they're doing, and also... Um, Sometimes you just got to do it, so you're going to do it anyway, but you kind of do want to track what they're doing and keeping on your half, kind of keep pace with what symbols they might have, if you can. Sometimes you can't. I have to say, this this sounds as exciting as a calculus class. Oh, I know. It sounds um. so dry, but it feels <laughs> but so exciting. But it's beautiful, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's. I mean, it's clip art. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's sort of clip arty. It's but, awful yeah, looking. It's very bland. Terrible. And I have looking. the second or third edition, I think. Yeah, they, you did, the first one was really, I'm not even sure really it had bland. any clip art. Yeah. It was just, you know, hand-drawn by a monkey. White card with yeah. just words. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not attractive. But I, I have I have heard it as very innovative, uh, which is good because his name is innovation. Yes, uh, very innovative gameplay and and the splaying thing I think sounds really really cool. Um, but it also sounds like one of those things that would be tough to sort of verbalize and make sound enticing. Yeah. you kind of have yeah. to like strap someone to a chair and be like, all right, look, I'm gonna show <laughs> you this, and when I let you go. Um, don't, first of all, don't scream. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not encouraging anyone to kidnap anybody. This is all in good fun. Um, but if you do, uh, I recommend zip ties. And uh, <laughs> if, if you're going to, yeah, I mean, but but just make get sure that they proper restraints, yeah, people. We've said it time and again. Probably stay in the seat once they're done, um, because because the game should. Like win them over, right? Yeah, and if nothing else, they're you know, it'll take a while for the blood to return to their extremities enough so they're not asleep and they can walk. So you know, in that time, you just have to really let them have a good turn and feel the flow of the game, because yeah. that's what I love about this game. Compared to the flow of history, in my experience at least, this flows way better. It just seems like your turns are fluid, they're quick, they're satisfying. There are tough choices to make, but you're also um, progressing quickly, and it seems like there's more options. My frustration with flow of history is you're kind of... I grab a card, I do this one thing, and it's done. And it can be satisfying for me, but also I can go to war with you, and then you just be like, no, I've got more swords. So, no. Yeah, so, yeah. no, you cannot. It's not and it's happen. like, it's like, well, that was okay. really the card I needed. So, Never mind. All right. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? And, uh, yeah, so anyway, it just it's this really cool thing. It progresses through the eras of human history, of course, like all, a lot of Civ games do. And you can... Um, um, manipulate your cards in just just fun and interesting ways, and like I said, it's it's plays quickly, which is which is really great for any Civ game where you really don't get into the analysis analysis paralysis issues. When you just said manipulate your cards, I thought you said nipple at your cards. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Is that an action and innovation? Oh, common game and common game term. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just nipple at this a little bit, and it'll be fine. Um, okay. 
So is that's that, a distraction tactic for your opponent? Are those your two? Those are my two. Okay. So. Well, um, we have an extra special top five for you today uh, because it is a top six. So you're going to be hearing about twelve really good games that play six or more. Um, now I will uh, sort of preface my list here that these are not games that have the ideal player count of six. They may pay, it may play better at less or more, but if you what I tried to do is if I have a group of six people, including myself, and I'm looking at games that I can pull out and enjoy, uh, what are six of my favorites to pull out uh, that I think everyone would like? Um, so with that caveat, um, I believe you went first last time. Do you have any caveats in yours? Like any weird, um, weird things that you <laughs> did or excluded or? Um, no, I was actually was. Uh, this list was harder than a little harder than I thought to make because there's. I mean, there's a lot of. There's not a ton of games that play six, and there's a lot of there's more than I remembered actually of games that aren't straight party games that play that many. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to this list because it's there's pretty good diversity in style of games actually. So. Yes, agreed. All right, well then I will go first. All right. Um, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get this uh, get this out of the way because um, everybody knows this is coming. <laughs> um, Parade plays six or more, and I was gonna initially leave this off, but I I cannot emphasize enough that how great this game is, yeah. and that I think that. Um, this is one of the ones that I feel really excels at six. Sure. Um, I think it is, uh, the more people that play this, the better. Uh, it is a surprisingly good two player game and a surprisingly good six player game. Everything in between is fine, but I think those are the two shining points. So this is, uh, this is one that I pull out a lot if there's six of us hanging out and, uh, we're waiting to get into the next game or, you know, we're winding down the end of the night. Uh, I'm not going to explain anything about it because I think we have explained it <laughs> We've to that. We've done it. So. Yeah. Definitely one that I was... Yeah. I, once again, no reason for me to expand on it either. <laughs> We've talked about it. It's great. Yeah. Check it out. Parade's, just, Parade's awesome. For those of you listening for the first time, it's uh, it's a small card game. And uh, you really, that's all you need to know about it. It's awesome. You should go get it. Yeah. Small card game. Extremely satisfying. All right. Uh, my, I'm going to kick mine off with a spooky game, and that is uh, Mysterium. Uh, Mysterium is a game that plays actually plays up to seven, and it is a... Uh, you're solving a mystery, but you're solving a mystery with limited information. So one player is the uh, basically the spirit of a, um, a murder victim, and they are trying to communicate with the other players who are mediums and um they are trying to tell the other players who was involved who, who did it where the, where it was and why and how it was done uh through th several stages of the game but they can only communicate through these through dreams and so they're going to hand these players without speaking or giving any 
verbal cues or big winks, knowing winks, <laughs> and which is hard if you're the main player. But I've, I've taught this game, and I've, I think it's really fun to teach. So I like being on that side of it. Um, these cards. And so if you're ever familiar with Dixit, these are like Dixit cards. They're very surreal Salvador Dali type cards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like hand painted, just very beautiful, but very bizarre. And so um, there's a couple ways to play this. One way is to um, you, the ghost draws up their hand of cards for the player count that they're playing, and then they distribute the cards without refreshing their card after each draw. That's the way I believe you're supposed to play it. Then there's other, if you want to make it a little easier on yourself, like let's say you have seven cards in your hand, uh, and you use one, you draw up to refresh that seven. So you always have seven to choose from. Um, I like playing the other way because I think it's funny when you're trying to communicate something as the ghost and you just don't have the option. So you have to get the closest thing possible <laughs> to people. And, you know, you're a ghost. The afterlife isn't a sure thing. So it's hard to uh, hard to know what's getting through to their dreams in what way. And it is dream, so it's got to be bizarre. So anyway, you're, you're doing this and you're giving these cards and they are guessing. And then the players are in the first round selecting who they think was the, the one that each individual uh, medium is trying to guess. Each medium is guessing a different person. And uh, so they put their little crystal ball on that person at the end of the round and say, I, I think it's this one. But then the mediums have these um, cards or these little chits that are yes or no's. So they can not only select the one they think it is, but they can select... Uh, up or down on other people's selection. So if they think you're so you're way off base, there's no way yours is right. They can put a you are wrong chit on yours, and if you think someone else is right, they can put a you are right chit on someone else's. Uh, you can't put on your own, but this allows you to get um, like these uh, points and progression for the final round of the game. Um, it's just a really fun, unique experience, and. I really, I just really like Mysterium. Mysterium is a game that I haven't played, in, I haven't played it for a while, but I've kind of recaptured my interest in it lately, and I'm excited to to jump back into it. And it's also great because it plays so many players in a unique, uh, a pretty unique experience. Yeah, no, Mysterium's great. Um, okay, I that that is a great game for lots of people. It's uh, kind of reminds me of another game that i think you're going to probably mention yeah it's got some similarities but uh, i think it's, it stands alone enough for sure absolutely so all right my next game is uh one that i believe plays up to eight or nine um but it's fantastic with six and uh that is suro um t-s-u-r-o uh, there are several versions of it. Any of them are fine. They're all effectively the same game. Um, there are optional things you can put in with different versions. I have Suro the Seas, uh, but I never use the like monster, sea monster things in it because they're stupid. Um, <laughs> but the, the game in and of itself is a tiling game. So you are, uh, there's a big board and uh, you have a whole stack of tiles that are all going to be face down. And there are these starting positions for your boats. So you're on a boat, um, and at least in Sura of the Seas. Uh, so you place them on the sides, and then you start placing tiles in turn order in front of your boat, and it sails along these pathways. So there's lots of different crisscrossing pathways. And your goal is to be the last one to stay on the board. And so uh, 
you're trying to basically kind of go in circles. Um, sometimes you'll lay a tile and it'll connect to other tiles and it'll take you on this really long, you're going through the whole board and just trying to trace where you end up and you're like, oh, good. I land up in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the board. Um, and it may connect with something somebody else has placed and make their boat go off the board. So that's always fun because <laughs> laughing at other people is fun. Um, <laughs> At least during games. Game night, it's always fine. Um, it does have player elimination, but it's such a fast game that even if you get eliminated fairly early, I mean, you're looking at, it says it's 30 minutes. I'm not sure, even with eight players, I'm not sure that I've ever played a game of it more than 15. So uh, it can be a very quick game. You don't mind being out because you're kind of just rooting for whoever sent you off the board to die a fiery, watery death. Um, <laughs> In this off peaceful the game themselves. of Japan. <laughs> yes. So, um, Suro's super fun. The thing I really, really like about it is that it's incredibly easy to teach. You can teach it in 30 seconds or less. There's really only one thing you do. You draw a tile, you place a tile, and you... That's, that's three things, I guess. And then you move the... Uh, your boat to the end of the path that you just lay down. That's it. Um, this is kids. It's easy for kids to learn this. It's easy, super easy for non-gamers. I mean, even people who are like, oh, I don't know about checkers. Um, that seems a little complicated for me. They can still play this. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's still fun enough that like real gamers love it. Like I enjoy it. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a great filler game. And uh, plays very well at six, um, and I just looked at it plays up to eight. So um, for some reason, I thought it played a little more than that, but up to eight—that's a lot. Um, and when you play with all eight, it's incredibly chaotic. It's awesome. There's just boats <laughs> flying everywhere. It's you're just they're everywhere. It's amazing. Um, so that's Suro specifically. Uh, my version is Suro of the Seas. Also, uh, the game has a pretty good app. I'm not sure about expansions or uh, the base game has a pretty good app, actually, that I find re re relaxing to play on my phone every once in a while. Didn't even know it had an app. Yeah. I'll be damned. All right. Um, next is my is uh, your favorite game, uh, Jamaica, for me. I uh, love it. <laughs> uh, I wanted to put a racing game in here just because racing games are pretty fun my choice would be jamaica because i really love it but i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in another alternative to jamaica in case you're not into pirates or you're like bill and you really aren't a fan of this game that is a uh, downforce downforce is um a well for real quick so jamaica is a race around the island game that i find for me at least is a good intro game it plays up to six i really like the structure of the game i think it's a good um uh, it's a good fun theme, like it's a fun pirate theme, it's silly, and it's got things that you would think pirates would do, where you're earning gold, you're fighting other pirates, and you're sailing a ship. So it covers a lot of those bases, and I really like the, the, the two style, or the morning and night movement structure, I, I think that's really well done. But if you're not into pirates, and you more, if you want another racing game option, I would suggest Downforce. So Downforce is a Formula One game where you are a Formula One racer, and you're racing around the track, and you have... Um, different uh, abilities based on your player uh, which are really fun to engage with and what's also cool though with this game is you at the beginning of the game you bet on who will be first second and third place um, I think that's all you bet I think you only bet the first three places if I'm remembering correctly 
and that will um, boost your winnings at the end of the game, which you use your money to purchase things, uh, or, or, or no, no, I'm sorry. You use your money for points, I believe. It's been a bit since I've played this game, I'm remembering. And so the the bits I, I'm trying to iron out what the money is for, I think I might be confusing that with another game. But I'm pretty sure that helps to boost your rankings uh, at the end of the game. Because it's more it's not about winning, it's about earning the most money. So uh. winning gives you a lot of money. But if you didn't bet on yourself, you bet on someone else to win, then suddenly you're not getting as much money as you could. So it creates this really interesting dynamic where you are trying to win, you are trying to stay in it, and you, I think the games that I've played, I did. I know I'm pretty sure most of us bet it, bet on themselves to win. So they were like, "I'm confident I can do this," but you hedge your bets on the second and third. So you kind of want to help the second and third get second and third. And um, anyway, it's it's just a fun game, and that dynamic really takes it to another level. Racing games can be really frustrating because you can get lost in the mechanisms of being like blocked out and feeling like you haven't don't have the agency to really do anything or they can have runaway leader problems i felt with that is true with um uh down force and this betting aspect of it it really changed the structure of the game it still felt like a racing game but it was really fun to see people you know <laughs> like uh, slowing down a little bit or trying to manipulate as the race comes to a close positions in the uh, in the um, the mob correctly for them to play it out perfectly for their betting structure. So it feels like you're just corrupt Formula One racers, um, <laughs> which is just kind of funny to me. Um, so anyway, I, I really like that game. There's a lot of other racing games out there, but I enjoy Downforce quite a lot. So I would suggest uh, either one of those if you're looking for a racing game option. Yeah, Downforce sounds fantastic. Jamaica, that's a game. Um, so in in actually go, uh, playing off of the Jamaica pirate theme, um, if you find yourself uh, as a pirate in the company of five other pirates, um, my favorite pirate game for six or more is a game called Libertalia. Ah, okay. And it will play up to six. And in Libertalia, um, it's uh, it's a lot more like serious of a game i think than jamaica as far as like the art and everything goes like it's sure, not yeah. it's not like cartoony like that um but you get uh everybody gets the same cards are numbered one through 30 and you get you know some of those cards every round and you're placing them on the ship everybody at the same time and then when it's revealed you change the order um and typically the lower powered cards will go earlier uh and the higher powered cards will go later so it's kind of a uh and and sometimes your effect can depend on you being taking your power early or late so um once everybody's in the boat and it kind of goes off everybody kicks off their daytime power and some people have a nighttime power um and then some people just have an end of game effect and uh it's it's really really cool because by the end of like the third round um everybody because you keep cards in between rounds everybody's gonna have kind of a different array of cards so somebody may have played their you know their big 30 card in the first round and now you know that uh you and one other person you, you maybe you've calculated in your head still have that card so you know who's gonna play what when where why how it's uh it's kind of it's it's fun because you're not just playing you you're kind of playing the players around you too uh 
with six players, there's no way you're keeping track of who's played what, um, except on a very small scale. So um, it loses some of that, but it's uh, it, it can be a lot of good chaotic fun, and uh, I, I really enjoy it a lot. I've played it um, probably like five or six times, not a super number of times, but I, I've played it quite a bit, and I, I enjoy it a lot. Nice, yeah. Libertalia is one that I've I've still never played, but it's one that I've I know is oh. good, and I'm I'm looking forward to eventually playing it. You should. I used to bring it to game night all the time. Yeah, and, I remember uh, seeing it. Oh no, I, wait. I think we did play it once. I, now that I think I about it. We did play it once. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago, but it was obviously um, memorable. <laughs> really got me. I loved it. Um, yeah, no, now I do remember playing it. It has been a year plus, I'm sure. So. Yeah, it's been a while, but uh, but yeah, uh, Libertalia is one I think that you hear mentioned here and there and people's um, really enjoyed the structure of that game and how well it, how live it felt. So yeah, if it didn't play six, if it was like a two to four player game, um, I think it'd be okay. I don't think it'd be nearly as popular. I really like it at the higher player count because it's so chaotic and because there aren't that many really good games that play up to six players. Sure. So um, I think that's a big benefit to it. Nice. All right, uh, moving right along. Um, let's see. I have a, the, this game is a um, kind of in line with a social deduction game, and uh, this game is called Spyfall. And there's also a Spyfall Two, but as far as I know, they're pretty much the same game, except Spyfall Two adds another spy in different locations uh, to the game structure. So I have the original Spyfall. In Spyfall, you are a spy. And there are several decks of cards in this game in their own individual bags. And what you do is you grab a deck without looking at it, and that deck will be a location. Um, there's a sheet, a reference sheet, that shows you all the locations. And you're going to hand out cards to each pe- person. In that deck, though, there's going to be one card that says Spy, and that means you are the spy. So you are going to go around and ask each other questions. You, uh, If it's your turn, you ask one other player a question. So... If you're not the spy, you know where you are. Let's say you're at an airport. Um, but if you are the spy, you don't know where you are. So if you're the spy, your job is to figure out where you are. If it's not the, if you're not the spy, your job is to figure out who the spy is. And so you're asking other players questions to kind of let them know that you know where you are. and But suss out, do they know where you are? And you can answer in any way you want. Um, and it's just fun to kind of figure out what, how to ask questions appropriately in this game to not give it away too much. And it's just silly. It's just a really silly game. Being the spy also, uh, is a lot of pressure. I like, I, I'm the times I've been the spy, I felt like very, so much pressure, but it's a quick game. It's over quickly. And it's just hilarious how you can, uh, lose this game or win it actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember the last time I lost was I was the spy and the the location was it was like a medieval battle <laughs> and I had answered up to this point and people had asked me questions before and I had answered pretty well and I, I had most everyone convinced that I was not the spy and then someone asked me like how'd you get here and I was like oh I took a bus <laughs> and, <then> so, <laughs> like, and they're oh, like all right no. he is clearly the spy so <laughs> I was so proud of how well I was doing right up until that point and immediately was like boom gotcha <laughs> nailed it yeah but it's just a fun um quick take on that uh, uh, the social deduction structure, and um, I just I, I really like the the form of it. 
yeah yeah no that's a super fun game um and again also super easy to teach really easy to get into that's one of those games too where i think uh because it's so quick you end up playing it several times in a row. Yeah. Nobody's ever like, is anyone down for one game of Spyfall? <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. Everyone will play, and then you'll be like, oh, let's do it again with a different location. Yeah, let's try again. Let's try and, again. Uh, yeah. So uh, the only downside of that is you're like, there's no way we're going to be at the medieval battlefield again. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. now you can sort of, you right. know, mark that off your list. But <laughs> um, the funniest part would be if you did it again. <laughs> But it's yeah, no, that's like... that's super fun game, Spyfall. Um, very fun for gamers and non-gamers alike. So uh, almost a party game. You could call it a party game, but I yeah. hate calling games party games just because to me, when I say party game, I'm thinking of, you know, I don't know, Taboo or, you know, something like yeah. that where it's just Categories like a party, or... Yeah, like a prototypical party game. And this is more of a gamers party game so, yeah uh yes good choice the only difference real quick is spyfall 2 just adds another spy so it's i actually have played with that it's easy to do that if you have the first one just take a spy from another deck try not to look at what that deck is so it, you still have all the locations off visible but um or you can i mean honestly there's enough where if you know one is out it's not that big of a deal um and that just that actually takes the pressure off the spy a little bit and um i don't know it creates just a different dynamic so easy to modify it to be that Okay, looking forward to Spyfall Eight, <laughs> where uh, it's all spies. They're all spies, <laughs> and just like none of us have any idea where we are. Um, I wonder if you could do a game where it's like Spyfall, but everyone's a spy but one person. That would be fun. So, what and the one you, yeah. guy knows like where that would not work. This is the worst game idea. <laughs> like this game yeah. Let's edit that out. Where are uh, we? I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> he knows. Get him. <laughs> He's the only one who has an idea. Uh, all right. So my next one is a larger, um, larger Euro game about making wine called Viticulture. It's by Stonemeyer Games. Plays up to six, and I think plays extremely well at six. Um, it is uh, a heavy Euro game about making wine. So there's different seasons. You have um, different, a ton of different options. You have to uh, grow grapes. It's a worker placement game. So you have to um, acquire grapes, and you have to like. Um, stomp them appropriately and you have to make them into different kinds of wine and then you have to sell the wine and it goes through this whole big process it's it's a really really neat game um that i think goes above and beyond a lot of uh typical worker placement games where you're just like okay i place my worker here he does that action i get this thing next i place my worker here he does that action gets the thing um this is straight worker placement, but it adds so many other fun elements, and there's some some deck building elements in there, and there's uh, some resource management, and um, it it is a little much. It's probably a lot much for newer gamers. Uh, this is probably one I would say is uh, kind of a dark roast, sure, um, on our scale, whatever that scale was, <laughs> um, 
or was it caffeinated? I don't even remember what. No, sort I think of... it was roast. Yeah, no, it was roast. Yeah, shades so, of roast. So like a dark. This is a darker roast. Um, you definitely not want to introduce this to a group of non-gamers. Um, but it's uh, it's super fun. The um, the production quality is just absolutely off the charts. It's a Stonemeyer game. It so it's going to be super duper quality. Um, and it's been well supported. There's uh, there's a really good uh, expansion called Tuscany, which you can't. I don't think you can really play this game without. Um, it's uh, which I think Tuscany has six different optional modules. I use all of them. Hmm. Um, it's awesome. I just put it in the game and pretend like it all came together. Uh, but it's it's really really cool game. It's long, uh, but definitely worth it uh if you like scythe but you would rather be i don't know making wine this is probably your game okay you ever, play, you ever played viticulture i haven't uh another one that i i you know i hear all you always hear it mentioned and it's known to be a very good game but i've never played it actually yeah i think it's exceptional and it, and it plays well at six because um what happens it's set up for um five or six but okay. when you play with two or three or four, you are like removing certain spots. So instead of having three spots that do such and such, you now have two or one. Oh, that's cool. Um, so to really play it the way that it looks like it was meant to play, like scaled originally to play, mm-hmm. is that five or six player count. Uh, because then you're really not making any kind of modifications as far as uh, reducing open spots or anything like that it's still competitive um a little more competitive than the five player because at five player everything's open as well so there's kind of an extra spot so to speak um six kind of limits that by default and i I think it uh i think six is is a really good count for it nice um all right next on uh, my list is a game (coughs) that uh i actually got because I really like flicking games, and uh, like Ice School is one of my faves. <laughs> it's just it's so fun and satisfying. But that doesn't play more. That only plays four. And so uh, this one's called Catacombs and Castles. So there's another one called Flick 'Em Up that I could put up here, but I've never played Flick 'Em Up, so I'm not sure how that plays. I've heard great things about it. It's it's a popular game. People like it. There's a lot of expansions, but Catacombs and Castles is a version of the game Catacombs. Catacombs is like a dungeon crawler of sorts that is done with flicking little um uh discs around the board and catacombs and castles is more of a battle royale of that dungeon crawler game and so it's it's fun in the fact that each character you have has um powers and abilities that they can do and so like you have your main disc which is your main guy but let's say i've got a spear and then a shield so those are also little discs of different sizes. And my spear on my turn, I can do actions based on um, if I've charged certain things up, I can do things or I just have things available to me. So if I throw my spear, I can flick this little thing as far as I can across the board and try to get someone. Um, or I can flick my player to run towards someone and get someone, but then he's vulnerable to attack. So this game is a team game in the fact that you're playing two different teams. You're playing the good 
the good or the evil. You're playing the uh, the catacombs dweller dweller or dwellers or the castle dwellers in a battle royale. And there's all these little wood block obstacles around that you can hide behind and run around. And um, it's just a fun fun little satisfying game for flicking. <laughs> huh? That sounds awesome. I actually a side note. Um, one of the first games that I backed on Kickstarter. Uh, was a game called uh, The Final Flicktier. Oh, really? Which is a flicking 4X flicking space game. Oh, wow. Game. Yeah, wow. right? Wow, I, I can't, I and, um, can't wait to see that. It should be, yeah, I think it's still maybe close to a month off. Um, so this was well, uh, so probably a year ago. Um, but yeah, the last I heard, it was um, manu- final manufacturing had been finished, and it was on the boat. Uh, so about a month probably on the boat. Oh, cool. Um, and then it should come out and i am beyond excited yeah because i really great. i i like flicking games i totally play that yeah other what catacombs and castles yeah do you have that i do yeah it's right huh. over there i haven't uh i haven't brought it a game now i kind there of it I, is. I stowed it away because i brought it out um i bought it last year and i brought it out with my son and at that time he was into the flicking but it's kind of an ex a big board and he just wasn't ready to like pay attention and not, like step on the board. Like we put it on the floor because it's kind of a big spread. And he was just sort of like step on the board. And he also get really excited. So he he was just a little too young to not be rough with the game. Yeah. And so I shelved it for that reason, just because I I we had fun playing it. Um, but he was just a little too rowdy with it. And so I I can put it away. And I sort of forgot about it. Um, but I I really enjoy the game. It's just fun. And I like that you each have an individual player power and they do different things. And um, you're you're like your things you get like you can get a net or a shield the shield can block a net can like inhibit a other player for a round does that max at six it's eight actually eight it's oh. a four by four uh four to four by four teams that would be um, awesome it's you really fun yeah totally we, bring I, that totally, so definitely will. no it's pretty quick it's oh, pretty quick because there's no real scenario you're following you're just kind of battle royale nice um and so yeah it's really fun excellent um so my let's see uh number two i guess because but technically number five so i don't know um (laughs) anyway my second to last choice is um you've heard before from me i enjoy it a lot as do you and that's bang the dice game Uh that will play i believe up to eight and uh it is super duper fun again you'll notice a trend here super easy to introduce to new players uh because usually when you have a group this big it's not everyone has played every game you own. So to me, it's a big benefit to have these kind of uh, larger count games that are easy to explain and easy to get into. Yeah. This is an easy to get into theme. It's wild West. Everybody understands Yahtzee mechanic. You know, you roll dice, you re-roll, you re-roll. And then you use those dice to do certain things. Um, the uh the fun twist on it is the the hidden identities you know the hidden roles uh and except for the obviously the sheriff but uh sheriff doesn't know who his deputies are and the deputies don't know who the outlaws are and everyone doesn't know who anyone is except for everybody knows who the sheriff is um and it's super fun the more players you have in it the more chaotic and fun and exciting it is and um just you're gonna hurt people's feelings and that's okay because it's just a game you know uh if they can't handle it then you know maybe they shouldn't come to game night (laughs) 
I'm just, just the kidding. Policy of our game. Right. <laughs> we have a banner printed up. If you can't up take ridicule and shame. You don't show up. Um, Idiot. I'm just kidding to yeah. anyone who's listening. Please feel free anytime. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's one of my absolute favorites to bring out uh, with six or more for sure. Yeah, I love Bane because it's uh, that. <laughs> the fact that you have to shoot someone as not like it just you have to sometimes so there's yeah. so many moments in the game you're like sorry and then you shoot them <laughs> people do they they apologize and they're like uh, i've even have uh like my one of my wife's favorite maneuvers early in the game is to give to shoot someone and give them a beer to heal it back oh yeah yeah, yeah. so it kind of it. nullifies itself it's like i'm sorry but here you go <laughs> yeah so it's yeah. a good move. Kirsten's pretty good at that game. She is good at a lot of games. Um, yeah, I like Bing's. Bing's a great one. I like really like Bing a lot. Uh, okay, I uh, let's see. I am debating on what my next one is here because, all right, I'll just go with the one that I like the most. Uh, my next one is One Night Werewolf, and there are other. There's a lot of One Night games. I've not played any others except for this one, and I like this one because it plays. Uh, a large group of people it's chaotic and crazy uh and then it's over (laughs) and so i i've introduced this game to a lot of people and it's always gone over well it's it's just a satisfying fun game the premise is if you've never played one of the one night games you are um in a, a very old town when werewolves were a reality i guess and um, you know that there is a couple werewolves that have infiltrated into the town and they're secretly posing as humans. So you are all going to go to bed and really think about this. And then in the morning, you're going to wake up and try to suss out which one of you has been turned into a werewolf. Um, so you're given an identity and your identity does things at night. It'll wake up. The werewolves wake up and acknowledge each other so they know who they are. Um, there are other people that wake up and mess around with the, your identity cards in front of you. They move them around. They might look at them. They might just randomly place them. And so it creates all this fun chaos of who you thought you were or who you knew you were at the beginning of the night. You may not be in the morning. You may be turned into a werewolf. You may be another identity. Um, you may be an ally of the werewolves that is trying to throw doubt on who on the consensus of the team. And then you all decide to um, just uh, shoot someone. <laughs> <laughs> you, after about 10 to 15 minutes of gameplay, you're like, all right, we can't take this anymore. Our medieval village is threatened. We have to decide who to get rid of. And then you all point at someone, and it's the majority uh, rules. And that person reveals, are they or are they not a werewolf? And they're, if they're a werewolf, the humans win. If they're not a werewolf, the humans have lost. And so it's just a fun, quick, exciting, frantic uh, game of social deduction. I want really want to like this game um i i struggle with this one a lot because to me it just there there isn't enough uh there's got to be a happy medium like a two or three night ultimate werewolf or something sure there's got to be a happy medium between like regular werewolf that can take like three hours and have 30 people and can take place over 30 nights or whatever right, yeah versus one night where it really is i i almost feel like you could deal out uh, a deck of cards to people and be like okay everybody look all right now everybody close your eyes reshuffle pass them back out open your eyes who has the ace let's guess well, sure, but yeah, I don't feel like there's enough things done for people to spot patterns for people to like. I 
I don't know. As far as a deduction game, I guess I was looking. I I, I look for something a little meatier, and and I understand it. It is supposed to be like a just a silly, fun, chaotic uh, sort of quick thing. But I just I I cannot give this bill seal of approval. <laughs> uh, I don't. I I guess I I still don't get it. I guess, and and that's and I I totally should. I've played it probably half a dozen maybe a dozen times uh, a lot of that with you mm-hmm. um and i i just always feel like i'm missing something like i feel like there should be something else that can help because i close my eyes and i'm a werewolf and then i open my eyes and i'm i may not be a werewolf anymore yeah but like what's the reasoning behind like how would somebody know to point the finger at me you almost kind well, of feel like it's the person, last person who was Hitler in the game of Secret Hitler. Everyone's still mad at, you know. So they're like, "Oh, it's him. He's the <laughs> werewolf." <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that can happen. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the thing about the game is it's um, to, just to explain to people who haven't played it, it's like a free for all. There's no there's no inhibition inhibitions to the questions you can ask. So you can really ask anything, and it's up to you to. Uh, talk or not talk and i will say to be fair some roles are more fun than others and it is you you can have stumbling blocks in the game it's i would say it's rare but i've definitely had experiences experiences where i realized slowly through like through my intense questioning of other people that i'm the werewolf and so suddenly i have to switch teams and throw obfuscate against myself but to me i i like that i really like some sort of a little brokenness of this game because it's sort of a it's a light quick version of a lot of other social deduction games and social yeah, deduction games are fast ma- it's basically mafia but werewolf and it's, then yeah change to one night to try and make well it yeah quicker. well it's it's one night it's werewolf changed to one night <laughs> right <laughs> so but werewolf was mafia originally. yeah so werewolf is a larger game and the complaint about werewolf is because players are eliminated over a series of rounds it can be really frustrating if a you're eliminated arbitrarily because you happen to be the werewolf in that first night and we're sussed out um so i like the fact i just what i what i like about this game and i'm not discounting bill's um statements i think they're valid but i really like the zany craziness of this game the fact that you can pressure or, or ask anything you want and someone can either choose to or not to answer and the way we play is if someone chooses not to answer, we don't we don't force anyone to answer. That's fine. That's a valid argument. If if they're like, so who were you last night? They're like, I don't know. Well, then you can a you probably think they're the werewolf. So it's why but wouldn't B, they just lie? Um, because maybe they're new at the game. Maybe they're not good at lying. And so um, the worst thing they can do is be, I'm a villager. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or that's exactly what they. <laughs> well, be what also is great about this game is I love the humor in it. So there's actually a character in the game who is so depressed and hates his job so much, he wants to die. So he is trying to get you, he's trying to lie slightly bad to make you think he's not good at lying to make you kill him. I do like that one. The Tanner, yes. he's, he's a leather, cure, leather like maker, and he's so depressed. Yeah. Then there's um, the uh, the werewolf's acolyte who's trying to, he, he was also just trying to get you to target him. So I feel like, at least for me, it satisfies that sense of deduction because there are those ones that are throwing shade on um or throwing doubt on your deduction as a group yeah i just i i don't know i just just feel like there isn't enough to go on to make real logical decisions so um yeah i i don't know um if if what kaz said sounds amazing to you (laughs) go for it if what i said doesn't sound amazing to you then uh 
Yeah, Maybe. check it out. Yeah. There's also other, um, if uh, you're not a werewolf fan, then there's other uh, versions of this. There's Alien, there's superheroes, there's, um, I don't know, there's there's several. I there's think werewolves, the... Daybreak, which is like the vampire one. Yeah, and then there's one day. They, they've, they've done a lot with this game. I've not played any except the One Night Werewolf. Um, but to me, that's, that's I, I really love that game. It's the one I own, so... Um, but yeah, anyway, if, if you like games like that, I'd check it out. Because at least for me, I think this stands up as a, a great uh, filler and intro game uh, so for that social deduction my zaniness. My last All game right. concentrated is uh, actually on the box. It says uh, plays from 1 to 100, um, which seems excessive, but, you know, games. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily play this with 100. I think uh, 6 is probably good. But <laughs> it's um, it is a roll and write or uh, colloquially known as a flip and fill, uh, because this is, uh, if you're unfamiliar with roll and writes, it's um, usually have like a score pad and you roll some dice and uh, you use those dice to fill in your sheet, either by drawing things or marking stuff off or checking off numbers or writing things in or what have you. And um, this is the same premise, although instead of rolling dice, you are flipping cards. And so you're flipping three sets of cards, and you're using one of those sets. So uh, if you're playing with a whole bunch of people, you may use a different set than everyone else. Or there may be, you know, a couple people use one, a couple people use another. There's no limit on which ones you can use or anything like that. Uh, So everyone's kind of taken simultaneous turns. There's no like first player or anything like that. Um, And so when you flip these out, everyone has a sheet in front of them that kind of looks like a neighborhood. And you mark off stuff. You can mark off certain sections. You can uh, write in house numbers. You can put in fences to divide neighborhoods. You can do all kinds of different things. Some whole bunch of stuff you can do. And uh, originally, this seems a little complex, but um, once you play through about half of the first game, you're like, oh, I get it. Um, fortunately, there's also really great player aids uh, available. So. Um, <laughs> Everybody gets one of those, and uh, it it's fairly easy to teach. Um, if you're, the people, everyone's already familiar with the concept of roll and writes, uh, it becomes a lot easier to teach, uh, just because it kind of helps to have seen that mechanism before a little bit. Uh, but it's super versatile. There's so many different things you can do uh, in this game, and uh, very replayable. And um, I just, I, I think for six plus, this is great. I mean, this is even something you could do with, with 10. I mean, you have a bunch of people who are waiting for one game to finish up so you can divide again. And, you know, you can play this. It's probably 20 minutes, um, give or take. Uh, you can end it. A, there's different ending ways to end it. So it can go a little longer. It can go a little less long, depending on if somebody kind of pulls the trigger on those end game triggers. So, uh, you and I played this. Yeah. And um, we both seem to like it a lot. Yeah. So It's great. It's so fun. It's uh, really satisfying. <laughs> this is probably my favorite role in Riot. Yeah. I, I, it's up there for me. I, w- I don't know if I could say my favorite, but I think it's at least, it's in the top three, at least for me, for sure. Cool. Um, it may be Quicks. I really like Quicks a lot. I do too. Yeah. Um, but Quicks is a lot simpler. Yes. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I welcome to is really great. It's very satisfying. It's fun in the fact that you just you get to do these really cool thing like you know, building fences as part of the game and it sounds boring but it's like well you kind of need those to determine scoring sets and they're really important and yeah and and to me what makes it so cool is you can go in completely different directions like oh, yeah. you and i i'm not sure when we played if we ever used the same one um but our no, score sheets so. could not have been any more different yeah. but our scores were close yeah like, i think i only won by two points yeah um so it's it's one of those things where you don't have to. There's not one of those just logical paths every time where you're like, you you have to do this or you're going to lose. You yeah. can explore other avenues. And I imagine if we played with a third or a fourth or a fifth or a sixth, they would pick different ones too sure. and go down completely different avenues. That hundredth, though, he would be playing someone else's game. He, I think mathematically he probably would be. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have to. He or she would almost have I mean, to. <laughs> yeah, the probabilities of, of, you know, three each turn. I think eventually you'd have somebody, a couple of people who are oh probably... Oh, God, I wonder. If you had 100 step. people playing concurrently, uh, welcome to how many exact score matchups would you have? Like, that'd be fascinating to do that experiment just to see... I think it would go to a certain point. Yeah. And then you'd start to see a deviation here, a deviation there. Like maybe but how close the first would it be? nine turns, ten turns, eleven turns, you could have people who are doing the identical Lockstep, thing. Yeah. But then, yeah, I don't imagine after an entire game. I think it would be exceptionally rare to have. So how many times anyone. playing 100 people would it take would to it get take? Right? <laughs> exact same? It's like monkeys on a typewriter <laughs> typing out the complete Eventually, works of Shakespeare, yeah. right? Oh, Eventually it'd have to happen. Can't um, imagine a less satisfying experiment. Like this game's fun, but if we played it a thousand times with a hundred of us, what's the point of this again? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm just writing down one, two, or three. <laughs> That's literally all I'm doing. No. All right, my uh, my final one is a game, uh, another social deduction game, uh, Deception Murder in Hong Kong. Love it. Is a great game. It is uh, probably about to make a comeback at our game night. We've been talking about it again. It used to be a staple of our game night. It's a great game for um a big group it is a group of people uh, once again there's one player that's sort of the odd person out that is giving clues as the forensic investigator to the rest of the group who are trying to solve the mystery of which among them uh, is a murderer and an accomplice and the witness knows but they don't want to say because they're afraid of getting murdered themselves so it's a great game of uh, deduction and theorizing and it goes over several rounds it's just a just a super fun social deduction game that is um, kind of unique in its in its theme and the murder mystery aspect of it comes out really really well and is so fun to play it definitely does we've mentioned this a few times this particular game so won't necessarily go into big detail on it but this is the game that um sort of reminds me of mysterium yes in that you have somebody who can't talk who's trying to give clues to the rest of the table yeah but rather than through pictures they're um, using these boards that have words on it, like, you know, where the crime scene took place and, you know, was the scene bloody or neat or um, smelled funny or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and through these these boards and kind of putting stuff out, everyone has to talk amongst themselves to try and interpret these things. The, um, the murderer and the accomplice know who each other are. So the accomplice is going to try and steer people away um, the murderer is going to try and steer people to even potentially to the accomplice. 
um, yeah. but to uh, certainly away from himself. The witness is going to subtly be trying to steer people in the direction. The, the witness only knows who the murderer and the accomplice are, but doesn't know which is which and doesn't know exactly which clues. So they're trying to steer people over to the direction of those two people. And uh, be, but without being like in your face, because if the murder and the accomplice get caught, then they can get together, and if they can say who they think the witness is, and they're right, they win. So it's in the the, the witness has to stay incognito and can't look like they have a vendetta against these guys. Yeah, um, it's a really really neat dynamic and especially if you're playing with people who have played it a few times before and really kind of get into their roles and sort of understand, you know, what to look for and how to play stuff off and they kind of start playing the people a little bit and uh I just it's and it plays up to 12. Yeah. So it huge. is it is phenomenally fun and um i just if you have a huge group of people i can't think of a better game Mm -hmm. period to pull out this was on my list i took it off because i knew that it would be on kaz's list and there were other games i wanted to get on mine so uh this is this is probably the consensus number one Um, yeah i love it yeah deception's great and there are other games that are play large player counts but uh it's just it's just it's just fun and unique, and like Bill was saying, the dynamics of the characters are really fun to suss out. Um, just as a side note, the, the difference, why I have both of these and this and Mysterium on my list, I think Mysterium's more of a, um, it's more of an individual experience. This is more of a group back and forth dynamic to me. Um, oh, I agree. I, I agree. So I say they're different enough, but you're absolutely right where there's the same vibe of one clue giver or guide, unspeaking guide. Yeah to the mystery but i love mystery games and so that's why i have both is that it's well, they, they yeah, feel they differently feel very so different, yeah. one's more mysterious more like spooky halloweeny uh, yeah. uh discovery this is more like we're we're gotta get this killer damn it <laughs> so so they're both great but yeah deception definitely check it out especially if you have big groups this is this is probably going to be a hit with you guys so uh highly recommend this one Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I think that does it. That does it for, for us. For our list and for our show today. And uh, so, as always, you can uh, get a hold of us on Twitter at RoastedGames1 and Instagram, uh, also at RoastedGames1. And you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just search for Roasted Games and um, at our uh, podcast network site, ease-drop.com and uh, you should find us right there on the front page. There's a feedback form. Additionally, if you want to email us, um, you can send it to roastedgamesco at gmail.com and also our website at roasted.games. So many things, but check them all out. Yes, check (laughs) check most of them out. Check a few of them. Check one at least. Whatever. Check check something. We look forward to hearing from you guys, and we will chat with you on the next episode. See ya. Bye-bye.